Hey guys, I just wanted to reach out to you and let you know that Surewinder is still selling amazing products. Some of you guys have been dragging your feet for whatever reason. If your shoulder hurts, do not waste time. Pull the trigger. I just bought uh, four or five of them and uh, we had two guys out. You know how much it cost me to pay for two guys being out with bad shoulders? We just pulled the trigger and we said, listen, everybody's going to have one on a truck. It's mandatory. You got to use it. Don't hesitate. Don't wait till your guys go down. It's going to cost you more. Buy a sure winner. It's not every day someone invents something that changes the game. I found out about this product that I'm talking to you about, uh, and I had to try it. So I ordered a few, and after using it, I'm sold. Now we stock them on our trucks. It's called Allbrace. And it will help you sell more service and buy you time until doors come in. There's never been a greater time for a product like this. Phil has a video on his website of him cutting a door literally in half, installing the all brace and running it like nothing ever happened. It is literally incredible. One of the greatest selling videos I've ever seen. You're going to want to check it out at all-brace.com. What's up guys? This is Ryan with Torch Talk Podcast. Welcome to Tuesday, assuming that we're on time releasing this. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, Monday Morning Mindset yesterday. Look at me giving Greg a little plug. I see that. Um, little Greg Giaquinto in the house. I called him, uh, what was it? Monday or Tuesday morning at like 6.30. I don't know why. I was just, just like, I want to call Greg. And he didn't pick up, so I literally just gave him like this hardcore, like I'm screaming, "Wake up!" Like screaming in the phone, like pump up message. And uh, I was like, "I know you're probably either at the gym or getting some nookie, so uh, call me when you're done." <laughs> so I bet Michelle loved that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So I told him he needed to download that and make that his uh, his alarm in the mornings. And Michelle said no. Yeah. Um, so anyway. called that one. <laughs> yeah. So today we've got our co-host Tamara. Hello. And then we have uh, Joe, who is well, like I don't even know what is your position. Are you owner? I'm not the owner. I'm the president. Okay, president of the united no i'm just kidding uh of joe clark president of united door and they have three locations two locations three three locations you were you were doing really good i was doing really good it's doubt that sits in that gets me usually so um three locations uh in the what is that area considered? What is Ohio like? What is, is that's not midwest that's is no that they, we act it's it's actually like it's midwest is it yeah mm -hmm. okay so midwest uh he owns a dis distribution center and uh i had kind of seen joe's post on facebook and my first impression was this dude's pretty smart uh whether i'm right or not we'll probably figure it out today um and then uh and then tyler cassidy buys from him tyler is the owner of um, dr door dr door out of um it's not Columbus. Lancaster. 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 I should know this. I'm on his website regularly. Um, if, for those of you guys who don't know Tyler, he's like one of the coolest kids in the world. I call him a kid. He's not really a kid. He's but super young. Yeah. He's, he's super young, ambitious, and he is just like, he's killing it. Like that dude's going to end up owning like an eight-figure door company one day uh, for sure. And so... Uh, Tyler found out that I was having some troubles. He's like, bro, you got to talk to Joe. Joe's like the coolest man. I love this guy, you know? And, he, and I think he even told me one day I need to get you on the podcast. And so I was like, man, we just, uh, that kicked off the relationship. You and I spoke and lo and behold, uh, we hit it off. We're very similar in the way that we think and kind of the way we approach things. Uh, we, we give you the soft touch first. If that doesn't work, we'll give you the hard pat. And then it's more like a punch. Um, I feel like our strategies are very similar in that way, but we respect people who respect us. And then sometimes we got to handle our business, but um, 
also just found out you're a Marine with all the stuff in the background here in the video. So yep. uh, thank you for your service and protecting our country and all the sacrifice that you and your family made during that time. You said 12 years? Eight. Eight, eight years. years. See, yep. I was trying to give you a little extra credit. I can't get years right. They all blur. Um, so give us a small introduction about who you are, how you got in the door game. So, yeah. Um, so we do have three locations and, and it's the Midwest is what we call it. So Cleveland is our, our headquartered location. That's where the owner was based out of. Um, I'm in our Columbus location. Um, and then we have a Pittsburgh location. So we're looking hopefully to expand here soon, um, and get some more locations more uh down south um apparently we like this record heat wave we're in right now so we want to continue that um but i got started in the the door industry right when i got out of the marines um a friend of mine owned a construction company and said you can come hang drywall for me or i know a guy hiring a garage door installer well i had just gotten back from my second tour in iraq um and my response to him legit was what's easier drywall or garage doors um he told me uh, garage doors were easier, and he was a liar. Um, well, I was about to say, what a liar. <laughs> what a liar, because the first job I was on were 16-gauge sectional doors. It was a commercial company I went to work for, um, and I literally started out in uh, October of 2007 riding shotgun in a truck. Uh, we'd get to a job site. I'd help unload doors, and I'd start putting hinges on um, and throwing cardboard. You were a helper, bro. I was a helper, so... I started out in this industry as a helper. I didn't come in, you know, fresh out of college, right into the president role or a vice president role. Um, so I, I started the company, it was called McKee Door. They're a hugely successful commercial company here in Ohio. Um, I mean, I, they were just here yesterday giving me a quote to put in some uh, big ass fans in our warehouse to help keep our guys cool. So still have a great relationship with them. Hunter's better. Well, they're, they're not big ass fans. They, they do Circo. They're the, okay. the I'll probably get it from HBLS fans. They're, they're a big Circo dealer. Um, so yeah, uh, I spent time uh, as an installer. Um, I think I was there for two months. They let me go on a job by myself. Um, I thought I was big time. I got to drive the truck to go program remotes on and set limits on uh, some <laughs> trolley operators. So here I am big time motion by myself. Um and then I found out I must have really sucked in the field because they asked me if I wanted to come work in the office. Um, so either I was really good or I just really was just screwing too much stuff up. So I came in the office and kind of started a new position for them um, doing aftermarket sales. So going to warehouses and getting people to sign up for preventative maintenance contracts. Um, I think when I started there, they had four or five um what they called preventative maintenance contracts which end up changing the name um to plan maintenance um i think that sounds a lot better you the customer uh would call when their spring broke and go well, wait a minute i do preventative maintenance you're supposed to prevent that well you can't prevent it so they changed it to plan maintenance um and we grew that so big that they pretty much had one guy in a truck full time uh he did plan maintenance contracts all year long boom uh, what so we didn't plan on going in this direction, but we're going to, we're going to flag that conversation. Yeah. I'm, I'm huge on that and I'm huge on selling yourself. So we can talk about that here in a minute once I'm done. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I moved into estimating and project management. Um, and then Cornell was one of our, uh, they were our largest supplier of rolling steel and they had really pushed their architectural initiative um, of gaining spec positions with architects. So I kind of, I went to a couple classes and I watched our regional sales manager present and I was there as the local rep um, for these architects. And I went to our regional sales manager and I'm like, listen, you have so many of these you have to do. Why don't you just let me take this market over and start teaching these classes? Um, so he was good with it. Uh, McKee was good with me starting this, another new thing for, for McKee to do. Um, and we really grew uh, the... Uh, architectural design consultant uh, position um, for them. And so I was, I was going and doing lunch and learns for architects, working with architects. I mean, I still have architects here in Columbus that call me. They're like, you're still in the door business. You can still help me, right? And I'm like, yeah. So I help them, you know, with their specs or whatever they need uh, for their project. Um, CHI had an opening for that. 
uh, and I knew that I wanted to grow and, and work for a manufacturer. So I uh, applied for a job at CHI, got hired, um, and spent three years as an architectural consultant for CHI. Um, I transitioned um, into commercial project or commercial product management at CHI, where I spent my last two and a half years there. Um, so I was working directly for the senior leadership team at CHI, developing new product. So anybody that likes the new redesign on the full view that CHI launched, that was my project. If you don't like it, I don't work there anymore. So too bad. Um, I only want I the credit, not the blame. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I was, you know, handling kind of the go-to-market strategies for CHI's commercial, which was really, you know, 10 years ago, kind of non-existent. Um, to where they've really grown into what I feel like is a, a, a commercial player now to compete against the overheads and the Wayne Daltons of the world. Um, and then I quit CHI. I quit in uh, 2019, January 2019. Um, I had a, I still live here in Columbus, so I was traveling back and forth. And uh, my boys, I have twin boys, they were 10 years old at the time. And I realized, you know, I've missed half their life traveling. Um, People think that, you know, working for the manufacturer and traveling is, is glamorous. You miss a lot. Um, so I, re I got hit up by a headhunter for a local job outside of the industry. Um, so I decided to leave the garage door industry. I made it six months clean um, and was bored out of my mind. Um, became friends. You well, say it like it was a drug. I know. It I is. Was like, like, you can't, you can't get out of the garage. They, they say once you're in the industry, you can't get out. Oh boy. So I, I'm proving that theory right. I made it six months out. I'm back in. Um, Jim Osborne, who owns United, uh, him and I are really good friends. Um, he called me or we, we stayed in communication and I just told him, you know, I was completely bored. And so we met up for dinner a week later. And the week after that, he had an offer letter to me to, to be the executive vice president for him. Um, so I came on to United uh, in June of 2019, July, 2019. Um, it was funny. I was one of those guys, you know, who came on, you know, I was here for a week and then the next week I was on vacation. So it was kind of awesome. I really liked it. Um, and then in January of this year, he named me the president of the company. He kind of went what we call like semi-retired. He's working from home. I needed more office space in the Cleveland office to bring in some more customer service reps. And he had a huge office. So I'm like, if I can get you to work from home, I can put two people, which now I've got three people in his office. Um, so yeah, since January, I've been uh, the president of the company launching you know, my new initiatives and my new drives, uh, and my new strategy for United Garage Door. Yeah, so if you have complaints about the door design that he talked about, you can email David Bangert. Um, I think that's David at cgtalk.com. Oh, Ryan. They can call my old cell phone at CHI because it's still there and it says I'm on vacation until like January 9th or something. Got rid of that cell phone number, I guess. Um, pr pretty impressive, uh, pretty impressive background, dude. And it shows that you're better with your brain than you are with your hands. Um, which is good. Uh, when I talked to, when I talked, when I, when I first heard about you, what I was most amazed about was all the things that you're doing for your dealers as a third party distribution center. So it was very surprising to me. Um, like, I mean, I'm in Atlanta. We have a hard time a lot of times just getting a phone call back or, or our orders processed uh, with some distribution centers. So that's why we really took the focus off of trying to buy locally and trying to buy direct. Um, and so with that, uh, you're not just like focused on calling people back and actually processing orders. You're going like way above and beyond. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the things that you guys do to, that makes it so attractive to buy from United? Yeah. So, um, you know, one of our, what I want to say is our biggest competitive advantage 
is we kind of have the mindset here and I'm, and I'm trying to, to drive the mindset here that we're going to be better today than we were yesterday. And we're going to be better tomorrow than we were today. Um, we make mistakes just like the manufacturers, but we own our mistakes, whether they're ours, whether they're the manufacturers or whether they're our customers mistakes. Um, it could be a different manufacturer that we don't represent. Um, you know, one thing people really like about us is, you know, when we're loading their trucks or we're loading, you know, our delivery loads, we forget stuff just like everybody. Um, if our dealer is out on the job site, we don't tell them, sorry, too bad. You need to pack up and come back here and get it. All of our guys are licensed to drive our trucks. Um, we throw the parts in our trucks and we send them out no matter how busy we are. Um, there's, I have a bed extender for my truck. There's times where I've taken, you know, dealers out doing, you know, a, a Pandora install and it's got dented sections. So I'll throw sections in my truck with the bed extender on 16 foot and take them out to them uh, and bring the old sections back so they don't have to worry about disposing of them. Um, we put our customer first. Um, our biggest thing is, is treating our customer like family. Um, if we were out on the job site, we wouldn't want to lose money. We don't want them to lose money. You're uh, frustrating me, bro. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, our, we really, really strive on customer service. I mean, I did a, a customer survey last year. 70% uh, of them came back. The reason they buy from us is the customer experience. The number five reason they buy from us. Hold was up. Can you just repeat that one more time? The yeah. number one reason. Okay. Please listen carefully. Distribution centers and manufacturers. This is where you stop everything you're doing and listen. Okay, go ahead. Number one reason, 70% of them responded, the customer experience. Uh, I feel like we need a siren. So uh, if we can tell Pancake, Pancake. just enter siren, like all kinds of noise. Yeah. And that's not Got to it. say, and, and I hate to kind of say it that way. It, it, that's not to say we're perfect because no means are we perfect. We but you're trying. We are trying to make things right. I don't, what is that like? Um, it's challenging. It's fun though. I mean, it's fun to see somebody like Tyler at Dr. Door go from purchasing X amount from us the first year I'm here to where he's at today, to see him grow his business and be able to support his family and his hobbies and what he wants to do. Such a hustler too, bro. Yeah, yeah he's a hustler. That kid is a hustler. Guys always beat me up on something. I wish I could take credit because we do his marketing, but I honestly believe he could probably do what he's doing without marketing. He's just a hustler. He's going to get it. So that's he's another thing. The marketing effort we throw behind our dealers. Um, and, and I don't even really like to call them dealers. We call them partners. So you're on my email list um, that I send out. I never yeah. as United Garage Door dealer. You're a partner. Um, we're in this together whether you like me or not, we're partners in this. So um, you, sorry, you're, it's kind of like, I'm part of your family. You're stuck with me. You can't get rid of me. <laughs> um, but we throw marketing money at our dealers. We don't grow if they don't grow. Um, you know, we have dealers that, you know, Tyler wrapping his truck, he just got his truck done. We help our dealers pay for that. If they put our manufacturer's logos that we represent, um, we help them pay for that. Now, website. you don't want to answer this. It's okay. You don't have to. But yep. as a third-party distribution, just the way like different industries handle this very differently, like in automotive, I mean, you're pretty much like an OEM manufacturer or you're like a used car lot. Uh, but OEM manufacturers will give you like kickback for co-op and stuff like that. It's the same. So, yeah, so, yeah we, use, we get co-ops. We get co-op. You guys get co-op and then you sell doors to uh, dealers or as you call them partners. Yep. So are you using the co-op dollars that you earn to give back so we, to your dealers? Absolutely. Because we're not set up to sell to the public, nor do we want to sell to the public. Um, so we, of course, we have the shirts we wear, like you can see mine. You can't probably read the United on my shirt because it's kind of discreet and hidden. Um but like our dealers want shirts with their logos on it. We pay for it. For them. We help them. We use the co-op money to help them grow their business. Love that. Can you just repeat that one more time, please? What do you use the co-op dollars for? To help them grow their business. And we really see it as 
the more they grow, their loyalty grows to us. Um, yeah. Crazy how that works, right? Yeah. I know. Like, what a concept. <laughs> my goal, you know, and I learned it from, you know, when I worked at CHI, I got to travel all over the country as an architectural consultant. I didn't have a region. I had the whole country. So I got to spend a ton of time with, you know, at that time, I think they had like 15 regional sales managers and I could spend time with all of them. So I got to see the good and bad things that they all did. Um, and one, you know, I got to give him a shout out that I learned a ton from uh, was Tommy Parker, who was down in the Texas region. Um, Tommy now works for uh, Textor. Um, but every time he went to visit customers, it, it was like they were friends. He wasn't just a regional sales manager. And that's kind of how I want to, you know, I want my customer or my partner to feel bad when they go over the Clopay Distribution Center. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I do the same with my employees. Like I want the, if, if they get a job offer, I want them to feel guilty. Like, man, if I take this, I'm like, I could be losing the best opportunity of my life. Right. Or, or like they feel like they're cheating on me. And, and the only way you do that is take care of people and you treat them right. Right. No, and that's, and for our employees, you know, I'm really driving, you know, everybody uh, in the United States, I think is driving culture behind their, 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 their company. Um, and I'm really pushing, you know, the culture here at United. Um, last year, uh, we developed a mission and vision statement. We never really had one. We kind of had our, our, vision or our mission was delivering excellence. Well, what does that mean? Um, so we actually put some wording behind it and it wasn't me and it wasn't Jim putting the wording, the, the owner, we weren't putting the wording behind it. We took all of our managers off site for two days and we sat down and it was, I think it was cold when we did it. It's because we had the fireplace on at this cabin and we're like, listen, we're not leaving here until this shit's done. Um, and we came up with, with a good, vision and a good mission. And then we came out with our five core values that are going to help drive our, our company. And now, you know, I've hired a marketing person for us. Um, she works part-time. I've known her since I was, uh, since I was born, our parents were friends. Um, and she's really helping drive the culture. You know, I got signs now made with, uh, our five core values and they're up in every warehouse. Um, I have an example. Are people going to see this or do people just listen to this? It's both. People listen and watch it. So I don't know if they can see. Well, it's going to be backwards. Nope, I can see it. No, we can see it. Okay. So like there's it's a... Backwards in selfie mode, I think, or something. I don't know. Yeah, it must be in selfie mode or something. I don't know how to work technology. But each core value sign has a quote with it. Like family, it says people will forget what you said and, and what you did, but not how you made them feel um being reliable why do we have time to do it right the second time when we didn't have right to do it or we didn't have the time to do it right the first time of course the employees see it you know loyalty has a picture of a dog on it which i kind of didn't like because i'm like i'm hoping people don't look at this and say you know oh, they're gonna treat me like a dog uh, <laughs> and of course all the employees are like we can't wait to like graffiti these signs and like beware of dog or something on there and like go figure yeah um but yeah, I mean, we treat every employee, we really, really try. And it's, it's really cliche to say, treat them like family, but we really do. Um, you know, I'm, I'm short staffed today here in our Columbus office. You know, one of our, the, our assistant manager, he's also a pastor. Um, two people already had vacation scheduled in the office. He had a pastor's meeting in Indianapolis that he really, really wanted to go to. And I'm like, go ahead and go, we'll figure it out. Well, then uh, one of our newer people, her name's Tony, um, her daughter was kind of impromptu going to get married tomorrow. Um, and she brought it up to me. She's like, I know this is probably a no, but my daughter's going to get married. And I'm like, listen, if I have to put people on hold, I got to put people on hold, but you can't miss your daughter's wedding. Then the response. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully it only happens once. Yeah. Yeah. They, they pushed it back. So she's here. Um, but just the response of, you know, you don't just say that, you know, we're family, you, you really treat it like family. Yeah, that's awesome. And I just want to say real quick, like I have a reputation, I think with some manufacturers 
that I, 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 um, I have like a negative view of them, which is not necessarily true. I think where my frustration comes in is I feel like we can do better. And, um, I don't like, maybe I don't see the effort. And then, you know, I'm basing this off of like experiences. I don't leverage, I do not leverage my, my platform in the industry with my vendors. I feel like that's a hard no. Um, I, I think, um, it's a misuse. Uh, I, I, I may have used it once recently with a company that may have already been brought up in this conversation, but, uh, here, here's, here's what, like, this is the type of stuff that I feel like, I mean, what you're doing is transforming the industry, whether you like it or not. And that's why I wanted to get the message out because this is like, I, I really wish that more distribution centers, if, if manufacturing use third party distribution centers, they would embrace this type of thing. Uh, you were telling me how you guys are building a new location and you've got like offices that you're creating that are going to just be empty offices specifically for door guys to be able to work out of when, you know, maybe they're too far away from their office or they're coming long distances and they need to do some follow-up or whatever. Right. Um, that was you, wasn't it? Yeah. So we're, we take possession in September, I'm hoping. Um, my lease is in October, but I'm hoping, I know the tenant's moving out in August um, and it'll be empty September 1st. I'm hoping the landlord will let me in a month early um, to start some demo, but it's got a, it's, it's actually connected. So we're just taking the suite next to us here in Columbus. Um, one, we, you know, we moved in here and it was like one of those mat. I don't, have you ever bought a mattress online? Mm -mm. Um, I have. Okay. Yeah. So how do they ship that to you? Like in a box and then you open it up and it just, everything just flies out. Yeah. It's like, um, vacuum sealed in a bag and it's rolled up. So it's vacuum sealed and rolled up and then in a box. I bought a so, topper. Yeah. It was the same. So yeah, that was kind of like, we moved from our old facility here to our new facility here. And it was like the mattress that comes in the box. And we, open it <laughs> when up. you open it, it goes, yeah, it was like, shit, the space was not big enough. <laughs> um, so started early. I'm actually, I signed the lease a year ahead of time um, to take on another 7,000 square feet. Well, it's got a really nice office. Um, so kind of, you know, I learned uh, a long time ago in business that there's no such thing as plagiarism. Um, so Steal it, bro. Uh, yeah, I stole from you. Um, you didn't steal from me. Oh, yeah, I did. What did you steal from me? Your uh, garage door design center. Oh. How everything's going to be, or everything is white, like kind of like Apple. Oh, right. yeah. Simplistic. So, so I'm demoing. Demo. There's six offices in there. I'm demoing three of them. All the walls are painted white. We're going to paint the trim white. Dude, I feel so honored. There's a cabinet in there with uh, like a base cabinet with a sink. So paint the countertop black or putting just a black granite countertop, white cabinet, coffee maker. And we're going to build a showroom for our dealers to use. Uh, a lot of these guys that buy from us and girls, they work from home. Um, they don't have a showroom. Um, they're not the... Uh, national companies, you know, like Precision or whatever that have the mobile showrooms. Um, so when somebody asks them to see, you know, uh, uh, an accent door, they have the hand sample. Well, you know, a hand sample really doesn't sell the accent product. Um, so if they had a showroom to be able to show that, uh, they could probably up their sales. And then I'm keeping three of the offices that they can come in and, you know, sign out to use, uh, and again, the other cliche word is to work on their business instead of working in their business. Yeah. Uh, I, but I really want to preach that in GDU. Yeah, I really oh my God. This is, <laughs> this is, I, this is my thing. I got this. She can so take validating. over and do the rest of the podcast now. It's, it, it, and it's challenging. You know, I've challenged myself to do it. I challenged myself to do one day a week of working on the business and not working in the business. It's hard. I have customers that call me. I had one right before here texting about slide locks on many warehouse doors. 
um, and I take care of them. I made sure I got an email off before this started. Um, so hopefully by the time this is over, I closed my email so I didn't have uh, interruptions, but um, hopefully That's I have an answer that, you know, TrackRite's going to send him his stuff. Um, but yeah, I want to have office space for our guys to use um, and a professional space, not, you know, a Rubbermaid six foot table with a surge protector sitting on it. Um, I want it to look nice. Um, a lot of people in our industry, you know, you know, follow Tommy Mello with the stuff that he does. And, you know, one of his speakers that he's had at his events is Aaron Gaynor, who owns Eco Plumbers here in Central Ohio. Um, Aaron and I have been friends since I was in middle school. My best friend dated his sister. Um, so I was always over at Aaron's house and I've known him forever. So him and I communicate a lot. He started Eco Plumber University, which is teaching uh, people the plumbing trade. Um, believe it or not, our industry is old. It's a lot of old people. Um, and what happens when they all decide we're done, we're retiring. So my goal is uh, for next year to start uh, UGD University. So I have a guy here that's a really good installer. I'm gonna get him master tech certified. We're paying for it, train the trainer certified. And I wanna start UGD University um, to get people interested in the trades, um, to work with the uh, trade schools here in central Ohio, the carpentry classes, to have the kids come here and learn about garage doors. You know, maybe we get a couple of them interested. Of course, I'm thinking further down the road that, hey, United Garage Door taught me how to install doors. Um, you know, I'm gonna buy my doors from them when I start my own company. So, uh, or just to get people in this, in this trade. Um, you don't have to go to college to do garage doors. Um, you don't have to go to college to run a business. I'm gonna, I'm gonna test to that. I went to- You didn't even have to graduate high school. Yeah. I'm a high school dropout, bro. There you, I, I did know that. I remember you saying that on something. Consistency in everything, including price, reliability, quality, not just quality, but great quality control. These are things that describe Somer USA. Somer's not some startup company, not one that you need to be worried about going out of business in the near future. Somer's a two, Somer and their family of businesses are $200 million companies. They're in over 100 countries, and they have locations in 20 countries. This is a large organization who stands behind their product and works through integrity. And there's not another company out there willing to drop what they're doing and help you out like Somer. These guys are awesome. Not only have they been loyal to the Torsion Talk podcast, they've been loyal to the technicians and the owners of the companies who install their product. In my opinion, if you're not at least offering Somer as an additional option, you're cheating yourself. Listen, first-time dealers, I've got a special for you. If you buy 10 or more Somers between now and the end of the season six, while supplies last, we will offer you free shipping. You have no more excuses. The prices are great. The product is amazing. Go check out Somer USA and order 10 for free shipping. I'm going to tell you guys a marketing secret. You want to gain more social media likes, shares, and follows? People love unique and cool projects. There are no better photos to share than the ones on Schweiss Doors social accounts. These guys post some incredible things. Make sure to go there and like and share their Facebook and Instagram post with your business account. So if you like their business account, you can share their, uh, their post. The Bifold Doors are awesome, and they're doing some great projects that will go viral on social media if you share them. Go right now to Schweiss Door on Facebook and check out some of the projects they share and like their page. Oh, and don't forget, no one builds a better bifold than Schweiss. I'm trying to forward think on how we can help this industry grow. Are you, you're in no way affiliated or like trying to run for a board on IDA or like an affiliate, no. right? No, I thought about it after this last IDA show. Um, but then I heard like this region just had an election or whatever. Mm -hmm. I guess that. Um, 
So it's like whatever. I don't know how long they're in. You uh, should start ADI. What is that? Association Dealers International. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, like I seriously thought uh, about it. You just at like one to point. stir the pot. Yeah, no, I seriously thought about it at one point, but like the the amount of drama and like politics that are involved in that, I just don't want to be a part. Um, but I really wish we had like we could we could I mean it's really tough because when you have a nonprofit, there's certain structure that you have to go through. You have to have a board and you gotta vote on stuff. So that like there's things that take time and then not everybody agrees and you're deadlocks. And so, so getting things done are very challenging. Yep. Um, and, and so I'm not bashing anybody. I, I think it's collectively just a broken process. Um, uh, and, and so, um, you know, there's, there's digitally, I won't get into it, but digitally ways we could get around that, which I've already mapped out and actually created. Mm-hmm. I mean, one thing I think that, you know, that I saw when I, when I worked for CHI uh, is like CODA, the California overhead door. Then they got the New England one too. And those are only two like regional door associations. They're Mm -hmm. like to be an Ohio, Michigan one. I guess it just went defunct or whatever. And it must've been before my time, but I think more regional stuff rather than having, you know, have the IDA I'm not saying get rid of the IDA in any way, but, you know, start more regional things. I think that. Well, they have affiliates, which is what PDA and I think WASA is. If is it WASA? What's PDA public display of affection or (laughs) professional door door association. And it's a new, new England, Mm -hmm. is it new England, new England, uh, PDA. Uh, but it's an affiliate of IDA. So you can start an affiliate um, and then they'll even help fund it, uh, which is pretty cool. And um, so I I don't, I haven't checked into it recently. It wouldn't work in Atlanta. Uh, I think there would probably be a small amount of dealers that would contribute, but uh, this, this market, there's like so much hating um so that's why i'm surprised you saw anything i post on because i rarely post on the garage door stuff because it's it's just hate on there on each other and it's crazy yeah so uh when we talk about the future of the door industry uh we have to take in consideration one of the biggest moves that's happened in a long time and that's Nucor bought chi which in my opinion when it comes to doors uh, from A to Z, I think there's really two manufacturers, in my opinion, that really set themselves apart when it comes to like the appearance. And uh, Clope and CHI, in my opinion, have done a phenomenal job of building beautiful doors. Uh, Clope with the gallery, they really set themselves apart. I think with the arched windows uh, being cut out, the, the larger sections, or the bigger windows, um, the stamp is beautiful, the whole bit. You got the Canyon Ridge, uh, just absolutely gorgeous doors and, and well played, right? Like, I think they did a good job of them. CHI with the Accent Series really changed the game. Um, you know, just install, I, I probably installed uh, that cedar plank door is a hot, hot, hot door in Atlanta. And we sell a lot of them. Just installed another one yesterday. We have one in our showroom. Um, the uh, the Sterling, we've installed quite a few of those. We love them. Um, you know, people love that that frameless glass look. So so uh, obviously they got bought out with a lot of money. And you have experience. You used to work there. So I'm not saying that you have any inside. You know, whatever. But where do you see this going? Um, how do you see this affecting CHI and our market as a whole? It's obviously, I mean, I don't even think the ink was dry from CHI announcing, you know, they're uh, being purchased by Nucor and Clopay sending out their letter like, hey, we might be selling. Um, so I think it was definitely, 
you know, the $3.3 billion price tag was shocking. I think it was shocking when KKR uh, purchased CHI at $619 million. Everybody was shocked at that. So the $3.3 billion, I think, just, I mean, people probably fell out of their chairs um, at these different manufacturers. Uh, to me, I was super excited. Um, one, not that I dislike private equity because private equity has their 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 space, whatever, to, to be in here. But CHI has been owned by private equity for 20 plus years. Um, and everybody you know, knows how private equity works. And now they have a long-term owner um, and a long-term owner that you know, manufactures the biggest part of what a garage door is, and that's steel. Um, I think it's going to, I see Nucor maybe, uh, and this is just me speculating, but how many metal building companies does Nucor own? Like 30. Do you think they're going to just do one garage door company? Or are they going to do multiple? I think they're going to go multiple. I mean, and own the whole, you know, uh, downstream process. Um, I don't think we'll see CHI running out of steel anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So real quick, just because uh, not a lot of people in the garage door industry understand like private equity and like uh, having someone who invests in a company like Nucor. First of all, Nucor is widely known internationally for the way that they treat their employees. Great company culture, uh, great leadership, uh, well-ran company, from my understanding, extremely profitable. Um, and so you have a company that has that mindset coming into the garage door industry, which is kind of the mindset that you have, Joe, is take care of my people. Let's run the business right. Let's, you know, all that. So that's awesome, right? Um, and then at private equity companies, in my experience, because I dealt with a lot of those in software, they are buying as an investment, typically with the idea that they can make it more profitable and flip it in like one to five years, usually three to five. Um, and so what normally happens, they have uh, these private equity companies have a lot of data analysts. They've got a lot of like accountants and they come in and they find the quickest, fastest way to create a couple extra points of bottom line margin. And so uh, a lot of times that's cutting. And when you trade hands three or four times over a 10 or 15 year period, uh, there's only so much cutting you can do. And, uh, and so all the fat has been trimmed. Even you're getting probably a little bit down into the bone, uh, I think, before they ended up selling a new core. And so, so it was probably pretty pro profitable, but we all saw the struggles that they were going through. And I think a lot of that had to do with all the cuts and things that were probably being made forced down from the top uh, through the private equity. That's my suggestion. Not, not speaking for Joe. I know he has relationships there, so I don't want to cause any issues. This is just my speculation. Um, and so uh, now that new core, if Nucor does their business like they do in other areas, they're probably going to uh, watch or kind of like start integrating things for the next six months. And then you're probably going to see a hefty investment into CHI. And what that looks like is totally unknown, but I'd love to get your opinion of what that could look like if they start investing because they got the money. Mm -hmm. They come out with new lines. Do they create more innovation? Do they work on machines that produce garage doors faster and uh, with less damage? Do they find better ways of distribution to get product to us? Like, what, what do you think they do? Because Nucor is widely known as one of the most innovative steel companies in the world. Yeah, I think you know, Nucor just brought on a... Uh... You know, last year they brought on a, a coating line to be able to coat the steel that they make, so they don't have to ship it off to get coated and slit and sent to you know manufacturers. Um, you know, whatever they're making, washers, dryers, garage doors. Um, so I see, you know, CHI opened up their Terre Haute plant um, last year, uh, and they're making all their OEM sections uh, out of the Terre Haute plant. Uh, one, 
where CHI is located, there's just no more labor. You can't, you can't get any more people. Um, so they found another area that's relatively close um, and, you know, started this other plant. So I see Nucor maybe investing there and ramping up, you know, to be able to make uh, multiple products, not just the OEM sections, uh, but multiple products out of there. Um, you know, the, the product management team was three of us at, at one point when I was at CHI, and I think it's down to one. Um, and he's kind of, you know, doing it all by himself. Uh, so hopefully that's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. I feel bad for him. I, I text him every once in a while. We, we're still good friends. Um, so we, we well, stay in contact. Health check, mental health check. Yeah. Yeah. Still with us, bro. So, and, and he's rotating his time between, you know, the CHI plant where he lives, you know, near the Arthur area. And then he's going to Terre Haute where they have the OEM and then they're manufacturing uh, the Performax uh, high-speed, high-performance uh, high doors. So he's, I mean, being pulled in all those different directions. So I hope to see an investment um, in the product management team um, to help really drive uh, new product initiatives, you know, retire some products that don't need to be here anymore, like green doors. Who buys green doors anymore? Um, I shouldn't say that because we actually sell a few green doors a year. Um, <laughs> We've sold a, a like... I think four. Yeah, I might have sold six. So, um, but we could probably do away with them and just have them painted afterwards. One of my customers, if they hear me say get rid of green doors, I think they bought all six of them. So they'll probably call them <laughs> jerk. We want green. Um, so, yeah, I mean, get rid of some of the old product in this in, uh, industry. You know, let's get some new product. You know, garage doors, we were like the Ford. Uh, motor company, you could get a white raised panel door. And if you got really crazy, you could get a white raised panel door. Um, and now, you know, we say garage doors are sexy. Um, you, the cedar plank door. Did you put black window frames? I don't know if we did or not, but yeah, we, we have that as an option. when we yeah, sell it. That door is, it's sick. I mean, I with the black window frames, tinted windows, I mean, that thing looks, it's sweet. Um, and people are becoming more, as our dealers become more educated in this industry, uh, homeowners or consumers are becoming more educated. So they're, you know, they're passing up on the white raised panel door and going for, you know, a cedar plank door, or a CHI shoreline door. I don't want to give Clope any plugs, sorry. Um, or a Sterling door. Um, you know, I was there when CHI launched that and I, that door was, it's just badass. Um, super expensive, but badass. It's so, nice. I don't think it's expensive. I do. <laughs> Just if you're gonna if you're gonna transform your home, yeah, we did the black frames. It looks like. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, but like you had to look it up. Mid-century modern houses. I mean, look at that, yeah. dude. Windows. Yeah, that looks so good. Yeah. So uh, we have a lot of mid-century modern houses here, but I mean expensive is relative i mean if you have a house and you want like a freaking frameless glass unique door that nobody else has is it worth 25 grand probably yeah if you want a white short panel raised door is it worth 2500 probably not because you're it is crap door because it's like it's, it's worth 2500 though it's worth <laughs> 2500 <laughs> I hate them, bro. I, I wish I don't care. Standard door was like long panel. Let's just make the standard door long panel. Why does long panel have to be special order and short panel be the standard? It's not special order for me. I have long panel in stock. See, Joe, that's why I like you, man. But listen, before this announcement, uh, probably about, I don't remember how long ago it was, uh, four months ago, three, four months ago, I had a an investment company reached out to me. They were being very discreet, but they wanted to ask me a bunch of questions about the door industry uh, because of the podcast and they had found me online and um, they, they were like, Oh, and, and then like in the conversation, they were like, so my company's interested in potentially acquiring Clope and uh, are you, are you a Clope dealer? And so uh, we got talking about Clope. They had a bunch of questions about Clope. I'm really curious if Nucor was in conversation with Clopay and CHI at the exact same time and then decided to buy CHI 
and I think I think that uh, if I'm if I'm see if I'm Clope, am I making that announcement um, like like I did when the ink dried because I knew that they made that decision so quickly, and am I making that decision because I'm about to lose market share? to an innovative company who's going to be able to either increase margins or reduce their prices and produce uh, doors quicker, faster, which Clopay's kind of struggled with the last year. And CHI was like horrible and they've gotten dramatically better. Uh, so the tides have shifted. And are do you think that Clopay's concerned that with Nucor and CHI, they're going to lose a lot of market share? Yeah, I do. I think also Clopay's shareholders are probably concerned with, holy shit, look at the return on investment. You know, let's unload this and get a big return on ours. You know, thing, um, you like private equity or not, uh, you like KKR or not, or if you're a conspiracy theorist and think KKR is, is whatever, um, you know, Pete Stavros, who runs the industrial portfolio, you know, I've met Pete. Um, it, the ownership works program. I mean, we all see the payouts these employees are getting at CHI. Clopay sells, their truck drivers ain't getting, you know, a hundred thousand dollars. First year employees aren't getting twenty thousand dollars. Well, sure. they're a publicly traded company. It's ran very different. Yeah, yeah. The, so, the goal is not to make the employees rich. The goal is to make the shareholders rich. Exactly. So I think shareholders saw that three point three billion and was like, "Holy shit, what is what's wrong here?" Um, you know, why are we bleeding every year? So, but Clopay's been for sale. They just made a public announcement. Well, we think they've been for sale. I'm on, I get all those emails too. the um, market research companies mm -hmm. that pay you to do the hour long phone call. Rarely do I take them. I did take one, you know, a couple weeks ago and it was actually on the new core uh, acquisition and KKR selling. Um, you know, I was an owner at CHI. When I left, I had to sell my ownership. Um, so, you know, when they were announced, they sold and, you know, what employees were getting paid, you know, I went through all state. Did the calculation to see how much money you just missed out on. Yeah. And I'm like three years, if I could have made it three more years. So, I, you know, <laughs> I went through, thanks. I went through all stages of depression in 24 hours. Um, Dude, the same thing happened to me, bro. When that drink a lot of company sold yeah. for 65 million. I guess I'll put it out there. I drink a lot of Michelob Ultra that weekend. I found out that I, I can drink a lot of that shit and it doesn't give me a headache. So um, yeah, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. So I don't want to digress to that. One thing that I want to see Nucor and I want to see all manufacturers in our space is to put quality control engineers in these factories. Yes. Thank you. I love they, And I think they need to be at the dock some to see the process of the trucks loading, um, the handling, all of that, yeah. not just when they come off the assembly line. I think they need to learn and understand and, and train and teach and find ways to load trucks better because some of the stuff we see when these trucks open up their doors is like, holy cow. I mean, and, I'll, and to give another shameless plug, I don't want to make this, you know, we're only CHI. We sell Haas. Um, and, you know, Haas has, has had their problems with, you know, lead times. But when it comes to quality, very, very rarely do I ever have a Haas quality problem. What do you think that they do different? I don't know if it's the cardboard, the edge uh, protection they put on. Um, one, I think it's culture. I think their employees care. Um, I think, you know, I'll talk about, you know, CHI and McManus is going to love this. I think, um, culture kind of shifted at CHI when KKR bought them, just to I be honest. Yeah. Um, I think culture shifted at all these. I mean, look at Wayne Dalton. Wayne Dalton was the pinnacle door at one point. Whether you like the 9100 and you think it's a piece of shit or not, it, it was a good door built by quality people. Uh, overhead bottom, Sanwa took over, and you got a culture shift. And you know, Wayne Dalton's taken nine months to get a replacement section out. Um, they can't get people to come work there. So I do think it's culture. I mean, 
Haas, you know, they're a smaller regional player that grew and, and grew way too quick, um, I think. And that's caused some of their lead time issues, but their quality, second to none. I mean, out of all the, the, the doors that we buy, again, maybe one out of 100 has damage. Wow. That's crazy. Do you store doors vertically or horizontally? So uh, single wides, um, we store vertically, stand up on the wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, pan doors up to 16s, we store vertically on the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest we have on rolling carts. Uh, oh, I was curious. Yeah, we, there's this big debate on which one's better. So I like to ask people who who might have good input. Which is really I, I mean, I would, I mean, I'd probably find a different way to store them if I had space, but I don't have space. So I need them to put on these carts. So when the fire marshal comes, I can push all the carts over and say, yeah, we do have a clear egress. Pattern. <laughs> <laughs> we don't yeah. talk about that. Fire marshal is not going to be watching this. <laughs> no, hope not. Plus you're a Marine. So if you can't talk your way out of that one. <laughs> I sweet talked to him last time. I didn't even get an email follow-up on things that I needed to fix. So I saw him walking up to the door. So I locked it real quick and let him sit there for a minute. Um, But yeah, I think quality control, our industry really needs to get on quality control. Um, And one, the other thing is I think installers and business owners need to kind of suck it up and put their big boy pants on and fix doors that are damaged. Um, if they, if it's something that's simple to fix an edge dent, you know, a rubber yeah, mat by four, you, you can fix that and not, you know, ask for the warranty section. Even we got to get better at that, but I do believe some education on that would be good. Um, yeah. you know, some how to videos and things like that. I don't know if they're already out there or not, but, uh, I used to have an installer who was actually really good at that, but we don't, uh, that's probably one of the issues we have now is uh, I just saw a door the other day that we installed that had, you know, just that little part on the corner. And, you know, I know my old installer would have probably just banged that out and you'd still tell just a little bit, but hardly you had to be looking for it. Yeah. And this and you guys is need to carry touch up paint on their trucks. Doors are going to yeah. get scratched. They're metal. Yeah. I mean, how many of their trucks are perfect and not scratched. Right. So carry some touch up paint. Have your helper, if you have a helper, go distract the homeowner while you do some touch-up paint. <laughs> go long. Um, all right. So I, I I wanted to bring Joe on the podcast because, one, I love his thought process. I love how he holds himself to a high standard and those around him. I loved all the things I heard about him. Um, I'm now a customer of his. And, um, you know, he's just willing to think outside the box which is kind of rare in our industry. And I'm super grateful, Joe, for, for, you know, everything you've done for me to date. And, um, you know, I, uh, you helped me find a way to, to figure out some problems and, and your willingness to participate in that, uh, and go to bat for me and maybe even burn some bridges for me. I don't even know, but, um, you know, I, I appreciate you for that. And, uh, and, and I can tell why you're so successful and why you've raised the, you know, from, you know, cleaning toilets or whatever you were doing in the beginning was, of your industry. All the way to, on. Yeah. Same thing. No, I'm just kidding. Um, all the way to now running a distribution center with three locations that is, uh, you know, very successful. Your focus is in the right place. You're doing the right thing. And I genuinely wish, um, you know, this gives you a platform where people will reach out to you at other distribution centers and try to learn from you so that they can implement the things that you're doing uh, across the country. Because honestly, these door guys, they deserve it. Like they deserve what you're giving. They deserve they customer do. service. They, they deserve the fact that the people that they're buying for are grateful for their business. And you show that by doing the things that you're doing. And, um, you know, it's just not like that everywhere. And so I just want to let you know that I really appreciate you and thank you for everything you're doing for your dealers. It means a lot. And, um, and so keep up the good work. Thanks.
I appreciate the uh, the friendship that we've made. You know, in our 12 phone calls, you called, you know, six phone calls ago. Uh, I was having a pretty bad day and you were able to say like, dude, what's wrong? Like you understood that you could hear it in my voice that I was not having such a great time. Um, normally I have a good time at work. Um, it can always be, I always, I, I use the analogy, it can always be worse. Somebody could be shooting at us or trying to blow us up. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, they're garage doors. So. Um, Life's too short. Yep. Yep. Life's too short. Just enjoy it. I mean, there's days that's easier to enjoy than others, but yeah. Yeah. So, well, thanks for having me on here. Um, yeah, bro. Probably I, won't I be the last time. I'll probably I think have you were wrapping it up there. Say what? I think you were wrapping it up there. Yeah, I'm wrapping it up. It's been an hour. I think we, uh, our audience loves uh, being on here for two or three hours, but um, we're going to try and cut it short. And and honestly, dude, I, I genuinely feel like uh, we'll probably have you back on for, for another episode in the near future. So awesome. thanks for everything. I made the cut. You made the cut. Boom. Tamara, thanks. I'm going on vacation. I leave Saturday. I'm super pumped about that. Uh, so I'll be at the beach and uh, hope you guys stay safe. Stay cool out there because it is hot. It's on fire. So uh, stay hydrated. And as I tell my guys, if you're looking for your screwdriver and it's in your back pocket, it may be time to take a break. So have a wonderful day. Be blessed. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Tamara. Thank you. Y'all have a blessed day.